Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Hook, Line, and Splitter is presented by NJR Home Services. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Welcome back, everybody. Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Episode 35 in total for us, and today we sit down with the Blue Claws opening night starter. That, of course, was Ben Brown, who pitched last week, uh, Friday the 8th, first at a short-town ballpark here against the Aberdeen Ironbirds, and he is scheduled to start Friday night for the Blue Claws. They are up in Brooklyn and will take on the Cyclones, the Mets affiliate there on Friday, and Ben will make his second start of the season. 22-year-old right-hander from East Setauket, New York, and he'll be our guest. We'll get to Ben coming up. In just a few minutes. Hook, line, and splitter a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Thanks to Lightstar Energy Group for their support. They're a leading energy brokerage from headquartered in New Jersey. Our goal is to provide clients with premium energy management services to lower electricity and natural gas costs and to provide a long-term energy management strategy. We pride ourselves on bringing each and every individual business the same benefits of deregulation enjoyed by universities, municipalities, and all high-volume energy users. Tailored products and contracts, lower costs, personal attention, and outstanding service. Call 732-722-5880, 732-722-5880 to learn more about Lightstar Energy Group today. As I said, we'll get to Ben Brown coming up in just a little bit. Blue Claws have dropped for the first five games of the season, but I guess the story for Jersey Shore right now is how much they're running. So uh, through five games, the Blue Claws have stolen 24 bases already, which is uh, pretty crazy, of course, and eight more than any other team in all of minor league baseball, 120 teams, and that includes all the AAA teams who, remember, started their season three days early. So the second-place team in the minor league baseball team stolen base standings is the Tacoma Rainiers, the Mariners AAA team. They have 16 in eight games. The Blue Claws have 24 in just five games. There are three teams, and this is Going into games on April 14th, uh, there are three teams, Akron, Birmingham, and Winston-Salem, that have not stolen a base. And the Blue Claws' next opponent after Brooklyn, Asheville, they're, they have one. They're one for one <laughs> stealing bases this year. And the Blue Claws are 24 for 26. So I guess that's the other side of it, the other part of it, too. You know, it's one thing to steal 24, but they've also only been caught twice, so they've been very efficient. Ethan Wilson and Johan Rojas are tied for the minor league lead with one other uh, player, a Red Sox double-A player, uh, with seven each. They've each been on base eight times, and they each have seven stolen bases. I, Rojas has, I believe, uh, four steals on two trips to the bases. We stole second and third uh, on the same visit to the bases. So we'll certainly track that. We talked to Keith Werman, the Blue Claws manager, last week, and he was uh, he was talking about how they were running. They were they were going to run and take advantage of, of situations, and they thought they had a lot of team speed. And obviously, that's played out uh, so far. If you're wondering, 210 is the franchise team stolen base record, so already more than 10 percent of the way there. That was set in 2009 when Anthony Ghost stole 76 bases, which is the single season Blue Claws record. So the Blue Claws and the Brooklyn Cyclones will play uh, the rest of the weekend up at Maimonides Park in Brooklyn. Ben Brown will start on Friday in game two of that series, and we'll get to Ben uh, coming up in just one more moment. 
Jersey Shore Blue Cross Podcast is brought to you by NJR Home Services. When it comes to your comfort, trust your home to the local hitting and cooling experts. Visit njrhomeservices.com. Blue Claws back home Tuesday. Tickets at blueclaws.com slash tickets. When we come back from the other side of the interview with Ben, we'll hear from, or we'll go through, rather, the, uh, the promotions coming up this week at Shoretown Ballpark. The Asheville Taurus, the Astros affiliate, are in town. Back after this with Ben Brown, you're listening to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Our guest, Blue Claws starting pitcher, Ben Brown, who was the opening night starter for the second year in a row, back uh, with the Blue Claws this year. Hopefully feeling well, Ben. How, uh, how's everything going? More, most importantly, how are you feeling? Yeah, thank you, Greg. Uh, it just feels awesome to be at an affiliate and be here healthy. That's like the first time in probably forever for me. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. And uh, making a start and, and not having to worry about my shoulder or elbow and, um, just going out there and being able to be myself and compete just feels great. So, how did you feel on uh, on Friday? That felt good. Lots of lots of adrenaline for sure. Um, not not too happy about walking to you guys in the second inning, um, but I think that that comes with opening night, and all the all the nerves, and just being super just amped up and excited and, and feeling healthy. So, it'll definitely get under control. So, was this opening night? Oh. Every opening night is exciting. I guess, did you have a little more nerves and everything last year because, A, you had missed not only, obviously, most of, of 19, but then everybody missed 20. So, I mean, you were out there yeah. in May of 21, and it had been basically two calendar years since you had last been on a, on a mound in a, in a real, you know, competitive game. Yeah. Um, I, I think more nerves last year was like, how am I going to get through this? Um, I was so I was so banged up. Um, ending out spring training last year, I, I like I woke up one morning and I couldn't lift my shoulder up over my my head, my arm up over my head, and um, just out of nowhere, just completely out of the blue. I had a great spring training, um, and like the last week, I, I just I was banged up and uh, going to Lakewood last year and going Jersey and. Uh, making that open day start, half of it was, oh my gosh, this is baseball for the first time in two years. And then the other half is like, how am I going to get through this thing? Um, so I think, I think more so all, all the nerves were, were from this year from being like, this is like last year was a grind for me. And um, there was times last year during my rehab that I wasn't convinced I was ever going to come back. Um, it was just such a tough year. And then being able to see that full circle on Friday night and be able to come back and my stuff being better than it ever has been. I'm just super grateful. And I'm just, I'm grateful for the national, just to stand for the national anthem and to be in the dugout with the guys, to be able to play catch the day after I throw and not be in pain. So just a grateful heart for sure. Yeah. So that was my next question. So how has the stuff come back um, from where you were in, in, in 19 and then, you know, and then where you were in, tw- in 21, how, how do you think your stuff is, has progressed over that time period. Yeah, I think, I mean, especially from 19, I think I've done a lot of growing up. I mean, I was 19 and 19 years old and 19 and um, probably not as physically mature. So after Tommy John, um, it was a, it was a pretty long road back for me for TJ. It was probably more so like the 18 month um, rehab. And uh, last spring training in 2020, my stuff was really good. Um, Velocity, breaking balls, 
everything. Pitchability was pretty solid. Um, and then obviously, with the injury, kind of all went away for a little bit. And then uh, this year, just after a long year of rehab, I had, I had a really solid instructs um, in the fall and then a solid mini camp before spring training. Um, I was able to get that stuff back and then some, um, which is just another thing that just makes me super grateful. And, um, yeah, I feel, I feel really good. I feel really healthy. We have a lot of really awesome new staff, old staff. I mean, I'm sure you're going to ask me about Bergie at some point today, but uh, yeah, I'm just like guys like that, like Brad, he's, he's just, he's just awesome. Like he understands what I what I was going through last year. I talked to him a bunch of instructs. Like, have you ever had like a terrible year before? And, and he's like, of course I've had a terrible year before. Like, I'm like, how'd you bounce back? And we had conversations about it. And he was my pitching coach and instructs. I mean, we worked really close together. He was the one that really helped me develop my slider and uh, just super super grateful for him and thankful that you know. There are guys out there that are here for you. And the Phillies organization has been incredible this year. Um, just top to bottom. Everyone's been so on top of everything. And, you know, everyone's goal is like, hey, man, we're going to get you healthy through 2022. And they've been outspoken about that. And they've, they've done everything about it. It hasn't just, they didn't just say it. Like, they, they're doing it. And it was Steve, the trainer, and, and everybody. It's, it's been sweet. So last year you go down to Florida – a month or six weeks or whatever into the into the season. I know you got into a few games down there, uh, and then you said you, you're talking about instructional league in the fall. At what point did you get back to what you would consider 100? percent Yeah, um, probably last August, um, and then I got COVID, so oh. I, I, I threw like three games down there, and um, unfortunately, I got the COVID bug. So, because uh, yeah, I know they were hoping you'd make it back up here. Yeah, I yeah. was. I was supposedly, you know, there was a chance that I would have had a couple starts towards the end of the year um, with you guys, but this stuff happens. I said, like I said, it was a really tough year um, <laughs> from the injury and then getting COVID when I come back. Um, and then instructs. It took a little bit for me to build back from having COVID. I unfortunately, I got, I got pretty sick. So um, towards the end of instructs, I was definitely one hundred percent. Um, hundred percent for for an instruct, and then um, I really knew that things were going really well once I got to mini camp this year. Yeah, so the so the mini camp is before I, I guess you know they had the lockout. So um, who did you get to work with in the mini camp? A lot of, I know a lot of guys got down there pretty early, so this is probably mid February. Um, you're down there, and then I guess what regular spring training begins officially early March, yeah. but you're there for, for a few weeks so kind of take us through the mini camp who'd you get to work with did you get exposure to some of the older uh you know the higher level coaches because of the lockout they didn't have the big league guys in, in town uh w- what was that like and how did you learn from there sure um uh the other thing that was just such a great opportunity for me and um working with guys like Cesar Ramos who's a triple A pitching coach who was also our rehab pitching coach last year so I got to know him a little bit last year and then I really got to know him this year because I was able to throw healthy in front of them and learn from him and like such an awesome baseball guy an awesome guy in general um Brian Kaplan helped me out a bunch and Mark Lowy um the Cressy guys who came over and yeah they're all new to the system yeah they're full of knowledge and like the right knowledge like they have 
feel for what how they're doing it. Um, they, they I've had, I've learned some just incredible like one liners from those guys um, that I write down. I'm like, that's just super bright, like super intelligent. <clears throat> and then obviously, <clears throat> you know, Her- Her- Herger is the man. Um, everything changed. You know, he, you know he is he has completely like changed so much about everything since he first showed up in such a great way. And I'm, I'm so grateful for him. And, so, um, yeah, that, and Pat, go okay, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, just, no, no. So yeah, that, that was going to be one of my questions. You, you were drafted in 2017 and you've been around a lot of different iterations of the pitching development within the system. So for how sure. would you say it's changed? And it sounds like, you know, you're, you're very confident that it's changed for the better over the last four or five years that, that you've been pitching. Yeah. Um, no, I, I will. I will be honest and say every single year has has been great, and um, I've had so many coaches who really care about me, and not not like you know one group comes out and one group comes in, and like I, I don't like I think every group has has been great, but as far as baseball, like baseball is evolving for sure, and um, and seeing guys come in who understand that that's a, that that's there is a change, and then seeing like. Like given like 20, 2017 through twenty nineteen, I was a guy who threw strikes. And I, I like to say I still throw strikes now, but I, I don't necessarily think that anyone really. I, I don't think that from the, from an organization stance, like I wasn't a, a power pitcher at all. Um, I may have looked good to the Phillies, but because I because I I fit their mold, but maybe I didn't fit the mold of all the other organizations or whatever the case is, and. When when Hergy came along, Hergy was Hergy wanted to optimize everything that we had. Like he wanted to get the best out of he wants to get the best out of us, and, and um, that's that's just like he, he any any guy like Hergy wants the best for them. And for me, you know, there was emphasis on you know maybe getting that stuff to tick up a little bit, um, getting that breaking ball a little bit sharper um, right off the bat, and and ultimately making me healthy. Because um, I met him when I was going through Tommy John rehab, and uh, in, in starts of 2020, he, him and Pat Robles just, you know, they were the first two to come over really um, before the huge change this past year. And um, Pat and Hergy just, they they really cared about me. They really care about me. And they want the best for me and for everybody. Um, you know, no matter who you are, and you know, I'm a 33rd rounder, and and they don't care. Like they they want the they want the same for me as they want for someone. Who's not, um, so definitely super grateful for Bergy, and I owe so much to him. Whether it be sending me to drive line last year in 2020, uh, 2021, um, you know, he was pushing for me all year when I was hurt. You know, always checking up on me. That guy's that guy's incredible, really awesome dude. So, when did you go out to? You went to where Seattle? Yeah, I went to Seattle in twenty twenty one. The spring of twenty twenty one, or. Postseason, yeah, so, so spring of twenty twenty one before the before the season. So, what was that? Yeah. How long were you out there? What, what what was that experience like? What? How did they approach your your training? Yeah, so I went up there for uh, more for like a pitch design focus. Um, I, I ended up going up there, and we kind of noticed that my velo was kicked up a little bit just from off season workouts and stuff. And um, but that wasn't the focus we got out there. Um, I developed my slider out there. And uh, some analytical stuff on my basketball. But driveline is just super cool. Um, you know, it is 
everything is is what you make of it for sure um as for like you know you you have to ask a lot of questions you have to be super on top of your stuff because there's gonna be a lot of information um so you know you click with a coach for me it was connor hinchcliffe who used to be with the phillies um and now he's in the front office or analytics for the angels but that dude um we worked together and heard he was out there for a couple of days too um, just to check it all out and work with the guys. But um, Hinchcliffe and I really, really worked on the slider. It was the same slider I throw today. Um, and it's, it's a really cool spot. And I understand How long were you there? three weeks. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll get back to Ben Brown in just a moment, but wanted to quickly let you know that you can watch every Blue Claws home game and 6,500 games from around minor league baseball this year. The Phillies' future is here with MILB.TV with all home and most road games streamed live. The only way to watch the Blue Claws on any device this season is on MILB-TV. Subscribe today to watch over 6,500 games, including all available playoff games from over 100 minor league baseball teams live or on demand. Download the MILB First Pitch app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to watch on the go. Use promo code BLUECLAWS at checkout to save $10 on a yearly subscription. That's MILB.TV for details today. And be sure to use the promo code BLUECLAWS at checkout. So as you head into 2022 now, I know you had mentioned, we'll want to go back for a sec. You had mentioned your know, 33rd round pick. How close were you? I know you had committed to Siena. How close were you to going there? And what what kind of changed your mind to end up uh, to end up signing? I just, I felt like if your dream is right in front of you, like, why not take it? Um, and when, when I had the little, like, the bug flying in my ear that the draft was a possibility, like, that's all I wanted. Um, I, I, I would say, like, I was a hundred percent sure when I got drafted that I wanted to sign. I think the Phillies knew that too. Um, cause I wasn't much of a negotiator. I just wanted to be on the first flight down to Florida <laughs> and get after it. So. Where were you watching the draft or following it? And did did you see your name first on the screen, or had the did the Phillies call and say, "Hey, you know, we're we're going to grab you in the next round"? How did that work? Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. I, I didn't have a phone call or anything. Um, I got a phone call a couple minutes after, um, not from anyone on the front office right there. I got a phone call from my local scout, I'm like, "Hey, man, like, congratulations." Um, but yeah, on Twitter. That's awesome. So you're one of a few Long Island guys in the system. Uh, Logan O'Hoppy, Vito Frisia, Nick Fanny w- was um, was an assistant for a while from Long Island that might be missing one or two. Uh, so what what about you Long Island guys with the Phillies? There's a, there's a, a good chunk of them. Well, I, I say we're super grateful for Sally Bessinelli. Um, he, he, even when he shows up to the complex now, like, he really takes care of us. Um, he knows he knows there's a Northeast bias for sure. <laughs> and I think you're starting to see that go away a little bit. Um, but Zal really looked out for us when we were in high school. He looks out for us now. Um, and, like, he knows that we're talented. Like, Fanti is the man. Like, and, and he's going to come back from time to time. He's going to be really good again. And he's going to surprise a lot of people. And it, was, it wasn't like he, got, he wasn't a favorite pick. Like it's it's obvious to see like he threw two no hitters in low A. Like that dude's really good. So when uh, he threw the when he threw the first one, it was in Columbia. Mm-hmm. And Sal called up 
Nick's father yes, in like yeah. the sixth inning or something. I don't remember if he went over to his house or if they were both watching it a, separately, like on the phone. But like th- he was all in for that first one. And then yeah. Nick's family was all here for the second one because it was here. But the mm. first one was on the road. They were all watching it. And, and he was, they were, Sal was going as nuts as, as Nick's family was. Yeah, Sal, Sal's, Sal's awesome. Um, and he, you know, I really think if it wasn't for him, maybe we wouldn't have gotten this opportunity. Um, and like a dude like Vita, like same thing. That dude breaks. And that he went off last year and um, starting off the year, not really getting many at bats too. And he just made the most out of every opportunity. And now he's, you know, he's Vita, like he's the man. And, uh, and like that's, there's no, that's just because, you know, people believed in him and like maybe he didn't get the opportunities to do the 40th round or something like that. So like, Phillies yeah, gave him an opportunity and now he's going off. I'm like super pumped for those guys for sure. And Fanti's going to be back too. Yeah. Did did you know those guys in high school? Yeah, Vito was always like the biggest person alive. Um I remember I mean he was older than me. But I just remember hearing about him and seeing him play when he was a house for so that is a big boy. And then Fanti and I when I was a sophomore he was a senior. Um we were close to maybe pitching against each other in the playoffs, but like just heard about him. He was a he was a hero. He threw a bunch of no hitters in senior year too. And what about Logan? Yeah, Lo- Logan. Logan and I were probably the most close out of the, the group in high school, as far as like being able to have conversations and stuff. And I wouldn't say like we weren't as close as we are now, but um, had his number or whatever. And um, I always knew he was a really good dude. Yeah, that I mean, speak to the guys like he's. And Logan is incredible. He's an incredible human being, like, most importantly. But he is an incredible baseball player. He's a great leader. And I, like, like that guy's every single day, like, he develops. Like, he just gets – he becomes a better player, a better person every day. I'm super proud of him. So, you got uh, – we're recording this on Thursday morning. You're pitching Friday night in Brooklyn. That'll be the fourth game of the series. So, take us through your, your preparation for the start, getting to watch – three games earlier in the series with, with these hitters. Um, and, you know, th- these are guys that you're going to face a potentially, yeah. you know, a few times this year. So h- how do you, you know, what are you, what are you watching for and, and how do you approach the start knowing that you get to see, you know, these hitters play three games before you get to face them? Yeah. I think uh, what we saw with average is those guys really have fastballs really well. Um, they can just hit in general. Um, and then flash forward a week to Brooklyn a little bit of a different team. They're very talented, good, good baseball team. Um, but there's definitely some different holes in their swings than there are in our team. That's much as how teams develop players. Yeah, I guess. every team um, is different. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, I definitely, I definitely look for how the guys swing on fastballs. Um, if the guys start sitting on a certain spot, um, maybe pick out, you know, maybe not pick out every nine, all nine guys, but maybe three or four impact players who I can see holes in their swing. Um, but ultimately, like, what me and Bergie have been talking about is, like, pitching to my strengths. Um, and that's what we did in the bullpen on, on Tuesday uh, before the start. Is like, hey, man, like, this is your strength. And, like, let's work on this before we start worrying about something else. Um, having that confidence is huge. What kinds of information are they? Do they present you, or, or do you want to see 
you know, between starts from, I guess, more of an analytical standpoint. Lee, I know, you know, you're, uh, how much are you looking at your velocity, the, the spin on your, on your slider and the, yeah. all that kind of stuff? Um, today, this week was the first week because I started throwing my breaking stuff on uh, Friday. So this is the first week that we kind of went into it a little bit. Um, we went over Edgertronic video, which is like the motion capture, uh, like the really slow motion cameras. Um, I went over that with Fergie yesterday. Um, slider has been feeling good. Curveball has been a little wonky um, the past like two weeks. So we went over that yesterday. Um, and just say, hey, like maybe it's just a finger pressure thing, you know, what where, where you're putting your pressure on your middle finger, corner finger. Um, so it was, it's just really cool. Like, the amount of data we have and given i think we probably have too much data because like sometimes it just needs to be super simple um like the, i guess you can I, you can never have too much but sometimes it's just something very very easy to fix um just like you know for me like probably finger pressure on my curveball um but having all that abundant amount of data and then being able to utilize it and learning i think it's important to know what the data means first before you start just throwing it on your brain. But uh, I think Bergie and uh, honestly, everyone, Kaplan, Herger, there was like presentations about that, this French trailer. Like, you guys got to know what it means. Um, and like, what does this mean? What does that mean? It's super cool. Was it, was this kind of stuff something you were exposed to before you got drafted? No, no. Never, right? No, okay. I have no idea. I would probably throw baseball like three times a week, go out there and pitch on the day I start. And then, uh, no data. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who was your uh, baseball um, idol growing up? Who was a pitcher that you liked to watch when you were growing up? I love watching Roy Holiday beat the Yankees. That was like, that, that was something. Um, seeing him pitch, I was like, I probably don't throw anything like him anymore, but he was like the guy I'd want to throw like when I was out in the front yard. Um, and then watching like, uh, Daniel Bard and Jonathan Papelbon on the Red Sox when Daniel Bard was with them and he was healthy. Uh, that was a cool one, too. So you just the Yankees. And, yeah, I don't like the Yankees. Man. <laughs> Never were, you did. Met, were you a Met fan growing up? I was, I was a Red Sox fan growing up. Oh, you're Red Sox? Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, um, Ben, don't want to keep you. Uh, I know you got the, the start tomorrow. Enjoy your uh, enjoy a, a beautiful – it's 80 degrees. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it's a really beautiful. Nice. Enjoy a beautiful day in Brooklyn. And uh, best of luck Friday night. We'll see you here next week. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All, all you do. Build down a summer of fun with your own 2022 Jersey Shore Blue Claws mini plan. Five of the best games of the year. Plus, you'll get dinner and dessert at each game. Boardwalk game tickets at each game. An exclusive season ticket holder gift. Complimentary tickets to opening night at the Jersey Shore. April 8th, presented by Jenkinson's Boardwalk 2. Log on to BlueCloss.com slash memberships today or call 732-901-7000, option 3, and tell them Hook, Line, and Splitter sent you. 732-901-7000, option 3, or BlueCloss.com slash memberships. Thanks to Ben Brown for joining us. He was, he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I hope you guys learned some stuff uh, about Ben, um, his mindset, what kind of guy he is, and we're just hoping that he – stays healthy here. Everybody's hoping that he stays healthy uh, after pitching just four games for the Blue Claws in 2019 and then four games for the Blue Claws in 2021. And obviously nobody pitched in 2020. So really eight games in A-ball in the last three seasons coming into this one. So hopefully he stays healthy. He says he feels great. 
he'll pitch Friday night for the Blue Claws in Brooklyn, and then if for, if the rotation holds, he would pitch next Friday uh, here at Shortown Ballpark against the Asheville Tourists. So what's on tap? Blue Claws back home this coming week, Tuesday through Sunday against Asheville. That runs through, of course, the 24th, 19th through 24th of April. And here's kind of the rundown for the Blue Claws. So Tuesday, Wednesday, 6.35 p.m. games. Thursday's the first Thursday, Thursday of the year. $2 Coors and Coors Light cans available in the sandbar and stadium-wide. Thursday, Thursday club members get 10 undated tickets valid at Thursday games all summer. Check out the Thirsty Thursdays with the Blue Claws at blueclaws.com slash promotions. Next Friday, another 635 game. No fireworks. Remember, fireworks will resume in June. Saturday, touch a truck. That's the 23rd, 405 game. Gates open at 3. We'll have trucks from first responders, military organizations, and much more. Uh, ticket required. It'll be inside the ballpark. Touch a truck day or touch some trucks day at Shortown Ballpark on Saturday, April the 23rd. Sunday the 24th, that's a big day. That's, of course, Buster's birthday. So a lot of his mascot friends will be here. Uh, we think, it, we assume he turns 21. I haven't uh, confirmed that. I think he turns 21. Maybe we'll let him try the Blue Claws beer. Um, heavy Real Brewing Company and a Real Claw for that. So that'll be a Sunday the 21st, Kids Day. Kids eat free thanks to Sabret. And you can sign up for the free Jenkinson's Boardwalk Blue Claws Kids Club at blueclaws.com slash kidsclub. Buster's birthday on Sunday the 24th. On opening night on the radio, we were joined by the guys from uh, Jeff Greco and, and friends from Heavy Real Brewing Company. So you want to check out Real Claw. You can get it at Heavy Real Brewing Company in Seaside Heights. You can get it right here at the stadium, and soon you'll be able to get it at select retail locations around the Jersey Shore. Shore to the show. We added a couple this week. Uh, Bryson Stott made his Phillies debut on opening day last Friday the 8th and had um, a couple of hits in that weekend series. He was number 114, and then Simone Muziati was called up to the Phillies uh, over the weekend as well. And when he he got called up when Mickey Moniak got hurt right before the season opener, which was just a, a real shame he had such a good spring, Mickey did. But Simone got called up. He got into a game on Monday the 11th. So he becomes number 115 to go from the short of the show. Played here in 2018 for Marty Malloy. Played here in 2021 briefly as he was kind of working his way back into game shape last year. And then Jeff Singer got called up. He doesn't get on the list yet. Got to get into a game. He got called up for one day uh, last week and then got DFA'd by the Phillies. Um, but he got called up. He was at the Blue Claws way back in 2016. So that's the rundown, uh, the short of the show. Very exciting stuff there. Uh, Mick Abel, Philly's first-round pick last year, got the start on Saturday for the Blue Claws. Pitched fine, three innings, three runs, struck out five. Uh, no walks did. He gave up three runs, but the last two scored on a broken bat. Bloop single to center with two outs there in the uh, hit last inning. So, you know, a ball that is recorded as an out 90% of the time. It would have been three innings, one run for Mick. In his Blue Claws debut, he'll pitch Saturday in Brooklyn. The Phillies' first-round pick from last year, 2021, Andrew Painter, Fort Lauderdale product. He's with Clearwater, Marty Malloy's team down in Florida, and he struck out nine over three uh, innings, one unearned run in his debut also last Saturday. So it looks like those two guys, Painter and Abel, are lined up to pitch on Saturday uh, for Clearwater and for Jersey Shore. And Painter, uh, really stupendous debut with the Threshers last week. So keep an eye on that. Blue Claws are back home, of course, on Tuesday. 
Blue Claws uh, podcast, Your Hook, Line, and Splitter, is brought to you by Rich Green Lawn since 1986. Rich Green Lawns has been the leading lawn fertilization company, the Jersey Shore, providing lawn fertilization, bed weed control, tick and mosquito control, as well as tree and shrub programs. Imagine this ad and save 50% off your first lawn application. Call or text us today at 732-370-5963. That is Rich Green Lawns. Visit richgreenlawns.com. That'll do it for episode 35 of Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. We'll get back on the horse and get another one for you coming up next week. Ben Brown, thanks to Ben for joining us. It's our guest today on Hook, Line, and Splitter, and we wish Ben the best as he throws Friday night Maimonides Park in Coney Island. This has been episode 35 of Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. I'm Greg Jamborisi. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. See you here at Short Town Ballpark beginning Tuesday night. The Blue Claws are back in town. See you then. And thanks for listening to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast.